about six to 12 months in was the non-physical aspects of it. So realizing how much of this is worsened by stress and poor sleep and your perspectives on the world that need to shift when your physical body starts to heal. What are the daily routines and rituals and meditations that I want in my life? It's an equally rewarding process because you just feel stronger and stronger with that work, you know? Hello, and welcome back to the Your Great Podcast with your host, Unique Hammond. I created this space to inspire and share tools along your healing journey. I know how lonely it can feel to be on a crazy protocol on your own or just in the sea of health trying to find answers. So one of the things I realized pretty quickly after I opened my practice is that not everybody will relate to my healing story, but if I can share other healing stories that you can resonate with, it can help inspire you along your path. What I want for every one of you who is in my community listening to the podcast is to feel amazing because I believe that people who feel amazing do amazing things. Kevin is such a wonderful example of someone who didn't necessarily have the easiest time on the protocol and came to me with gut issues and insomnia and fatigue. He wasn't feeling great and he had not been feeling well for many years. He felt like he just couldn't get a handle on his gut. And with a bunch of detective work together, we actually figured out it wasn't really his gut. He was open and willing to move the pieces on the board to discover his wellness. And I have to say where he is today is absolutely breathtaking to see him healthy and happy and thriving and surrounding himself with people doing the same is just beautiful and a reminder of why I do this work. I hope you enjoy our conversation. I hope it inspires you along your path. And thank you for joining us. Kevin, welcome to the Your Great Podcast. I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited for you to share your story and I'm excited to catch up because it's been a a minute since we've spoken. Well, I'm very excited. I'm so excited I had to eat some beans before before getting on here because <laughs> this is like something I've been looking forward to for so long. And I was thinking back to, I remember in summer 2020 in the middle of the pandemic when you could really only go into to parks that I would be sitting listening to your lives and your, and your Instagram, just wondering like, when am I going to feel better and inspired and um, it's pretty cool to be here three years later, feeling a lot stronger and healthier. How do you feel about that when you say three years? Because for some people, three years feels like a lifetime. Like, oh, if 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 when we first spoke, if I said, Kevin, it'll be three years, would you like how would you have felt by that number? I would have probably freaked out, but I love I love <laughs> this is kind of why I'm glad that we're doing this now, is I think it's fun to think about how long it can take, but how many different phases there are. And, you know, what's funny is I would say like the the crisis or the most difficult phase was a month, right? When we did the white diet together, that was the hardest. Yeah. And that was the only time where it was every day was I felt like I needed to check in with you and it was so difficult. And I think for that reason, I don't recommend the white diet to a lot of people, but it was a full reset 
that I needed. And it helped you help me understand that like the issue was maybe not gut related, but more gallbladder, right? Because I don't know how much detail we want to get into, but when we, white di- when we did, when we did <laughs> the white diet, at first it was fine. And then the second I introduced any fat, even in lean protein, I had this terrible reaction. And then you said, I think this could be a gallbladder issue based on this reaction because it's not usual. And then I had some tests done and it was, it was a gallbladder thing. And for all these years, I thought that it was more of a digestive issue, a gut issue. And there may have been some of those things, some, some reactions. And one of the reasons I'm glad I did the white diet is that it reset my relationship with all these things I had allergies to. I felt like those went away. I felt like I was able to eat food. I became more regular. So there were definitely benefits to it, but the primary thing is it made us realize we got to do the gallbladder path. Yeah. So just to catch everybody else up, who's I'm listening. No, no, no. This is great. But I want them to know how long before you found me and Karen, how long had you been unwell for? Like you, I had started to develop signs of some imbalance during the crazy years of being a corporate lawyer, right? So you're barely sleeping, you're pumping stress into your body 24 hours a day. I do think that there's some characteristics of being a high octane person that you always have that, but it definitely accelerated, I would say in 2015, 2016. And over the course of, I'd say five years, I slowly stripped things away. So I would strip away caffeine. At first it was coffee and then it was all caffeine. And then I stripped away alcohol and there would be periods where things got better And then I felt like I was either reaching a new level or those things removed didn't help. And so by the time I discovered Karen and your work, I felt like I had tried everything and it made sense to me that I needed to add something to maybe help remove toxins I was putting in through stress and other environmental sources and really identified with the fact that we live in a pretty, I live in LA like you, pretty polluted city right? Our food isn't as nutritious as it used to be. And I really identified with the idea that adding something rather than just continuing to remove things. So maybe that journey is different than other people who also have to remove things. But for me, I came to you pretty much ready to (laughs) cut everything out. That wasn't the hard part. (laughs) What struck you to go, okay, this is where I need to go. Were you in pain? Were you having gut issues? Like what was, what was the current state of health when you came to the protocol? I think it was partially the pandemic and having time to reset and look in and and think, okay, if I can only eat white rice for three days, there's no restaurant to go to. So what a great opportunity (laughs) to do it. So I do think the time was part of it, but I had been searching for a solution for some time. I had cut out gluten a year before we started and that helped a lot, but it always felt like there was a period of improvement followed by either a plateau or a regression. And it sounded like from the stories that I heard from you and from others was that it was a really upward progression as opposed to a short period of fix or change improvement. And of course, we all want like an instant fix. And I think that's where I want to be an expander for others to say that it can be sometimes a slow process, but It's always a step up each month. You always feel, and I, even today, you know, like 
I think you've texted me once, like, are, are you well? And I was like, not 100, but I don't know if I'll ever be 100. And that's okay because it's always a growth and you're learning new things and you're tapping in. And I think also a lot of times the issues that people discuss are gut related or what, and what I mean is like digestive, you know, intestinal tract issues. And I think those, because of the three-day mitosis, can be solved a lot faster than the gallbladder issue, right? Yeah, if it's just gut. But honestly, usually what gets person to the point of a gut issue is other issues right around it. You came thinking you had a gut problem when mm-hmm. in reality you had a gallbladder problem, right? Mm-hmm. So you'd been focused on healing your gut for a long time until we were like, okay, let's do the white diet so we can really see what's going on here. And it was really clear night as day that fats were the problem. And anytime fats are a problem, we've got a liver gallbladder situation, right? And to me, it was like, wait a minute, this is a gut problem, but it's not the gut problem we thought it was. So you could actually get to the healing, to healing the, the source. And I think that was a powerful move to heal the source. Thanks to your intuition, Unique. <laughs> a little bit of intuition and a little bit of <laughs> I'm fanboying right now. So, but that's that's exactly it. And I think, yeah, to to more directly answer your question, I came to you because I felt like I had pain in my stomach. I think we actually don't know our biology that well. So I thought, stomach. You don't realize that it's actually where the gallbladder connects to the small intestine was where I was specifically feeling pain, right? And I eventually learned that through you and through getting blood tests and talking to doctors who specialize in gallbladder issues. But I came to you feeling like anything I ate got my stomach or my digestive system upset. And I remember being so frustrated by that. And and it was really great because you were patient in helping me. And this is why I always tell people, you can read everything, you can understand the concepts behind the bean protocol and the, the literature, but Going to you helps so much because you not only are immeasurably patient, actually with people like me, but you can do some trial and error work, right? So we tried to do a midway plan and that wasn't enough because it didn't identify. And I think that works for a lot of people, but it didn't for me. And to be able to identify the, the bigger source of the issues, I think was huge. I was going to say the white diet isn't something I throw around easily because having done it myself multiple times early in the journey where I had to keep going back and eating white rice for three days and then start again and start again, it's as mentally hard as it is physically hard. So it's not something I immediately will throw at a situation. So for you and I, I felt like I need to get to know you. I need to see where things are at. We, you had a lot of theories of what was going on. And it was like, okay, if we start with this midway plan, we're really simplifying everything and it should give, give us a good idea of what's happening. And it just didn't, you know, it was like, oh shit. <laughs> okay. So we do have to throw the big guns at this, at this situation. It's so appreciated your patience there because I think I was hesitant to throw the big guns at it, you know, and do you remember all the things we tried? We tried blending the beans. <laughs> combining beans and oil. We, I mean, it was like every trick under the book. I thought maybe it was a nightshades issue. Now I eat nightshades with reckless abandon and thought maybe it was an onion issue, you know? So to really, what what is cool about the white diet is that you can really slowly step by step 
it create it requires a huge amount of willpower and patience especially for me i i still feel like a lot of my social life is around eating out and dining and i have no issue with it now but at the time you know i remember being invited to a dinner party in so this is like fall 2020 i think someone who was part of the group of people i was say, seeing invited me over for dinner and they said what can you eat these days and i said white rice and they said, what else? And I said, that's actually it right now. Um, if you have some sea salt, I'll take it. And, and so I think you have to lean into the fact that it's so temporary. You know, I, I, I remember complaining to you, and I'm sorry, but I sometimes can complain, that it felt so hard. And then you look back and you realize how short of a period it is to feel better. Especially with how many years you'd felt well. But despite how long one can feel unwell for, when you're confronted with feeling hungry and eating something for every meal, it's confronting. And it does confront you and ask the question, what are you willing to do to Mm -hmm. feel better? And I think that is a, a confronting is the best way to put it. I was very confronted and I was dying. I was dying and it was helping. And I was still like, I just want a burger. (laughs) I mean, I I can't even believe that because for me, it felt hard, quote unquote, because I wasn't dying, right? It was uncomfortable. And I think sometimes it's harder to get that willpower when you're in a state of necessity, but when you're not in a state of necessity, but maybe we're all creatures, you know, like you said, taste buds are assholes. They're they're not our (laughs) friends. And one of my favorite things, I, I probably told you this at the time, but I remember my mom saying, I, I mapped out, I'm a Virgo son, and I like mapped out every single week and exactly every three days when I could add something just to map, wrap my head around, you know, when it would get slightly easier. And I remember my mom saying, you know what's hard? Carrying a child for 10 months is hard. I think you can do this for six weeks or however long, you know, it was. And and the other thing I really want, I was thinking about what to say today. And the other thing I really wanted to say and what I tell friends who go down this path is even if you do, first of all, I think if you go on like a midway protocol, that's not, it's not hard at all. It probably seems hard to some people, but even if you do the white diet, the really difficult part is a month, two months max. And then instantly you start to feel better. So then at, after I'd say six weeks, I was, I didn't feel like I was restricted. And I think luckily that was because I had already pretty much cut out caffeine and alcohol and whatnot. And then six months in was when really the, the pain of eating fat went away. And so then that was the next stage where it was like, wow, I can, I can eat fat now. Like this is amazing. Right. And, and that felt a lot easier. And then a year in, I was in Europe and I had my first coffee in a year. And I was like, this is amazing. And I didn't have a reaction to it. And it was because I, and that was a sign, not that I wanted to start drinking 10 cups a day, but that how much stronger I had come, right? The actual physical healing, I don't think takes as long as three years. I want to like, even though it's been three years. Then I think the interesting part was about six to 12 months in was the the non-physical aspects of it. So realizing how much of this is worsened by stress and poor sleep and your perspectives on the world that 
need to shift when your physical body starts to heal. And that was hard, you know, and I think it was hard. 2020 was a difficult year for everyone. So it was 2022. And I think that has been a slower process of what are the what are the daily routines and rituals and meditations that I want in my life? And I think I have experimented a lot with those that some have stuck, some haven't. And that is a slower process, but it's also a more rewarding, not more, but it's an equally rewarding process because you just feel stronger and stronger with, with that work, you know? Yeah. And the body is just one piece of the puzzle, right? As you discovered, the physical symptoms can go, but if your life is still high octane and your stress is still major and your mental stress, the way we ruminate is still happening. And one of the things you were working on was sleep habits as well, right? So it wasn't just gut. It was like you were working on sleep and adrenal fatigue as you came, you know, to say that you were exhausted and so I think it's it's this pyramid effect. It's like, okay, you can heal the body, but if you don't heal, you know, the lifestyle around it, then you're going to keep kind of having these physical symptoms because that stress is just compounded. Yeah. I mean, you remember, I don't know if you remember this, it was a year in when we discovered, I discovered the Huberman light technique for sleep. And I mean, it's it's such a simple thing that's a game changer to reset your circadian rhythm. and that helped a lot, being really strict with no electronics at night, no blue light, really having a wind down routine. I find hot showers and baths really helpful, just like the inverse in the morning with the cold showers. And sleep has been one of the biggest challenges. And I think it was what led to a lot of the health issues, all of those difficult to diagnose issues that the Bean Protocol is so great at addressing but it's also the thing that's taken the longest, right? And, and that's okay, you know? And I, I think the other thing, this is, this is probably my favorite, most important point I share with people is that it's one thing to listen to these podcasts and hear your and my, you know, willpower. Like for me, I'm the type of person, I go cold turkey. I don't look back. I gave up sugar. Do you remember this? I gave up sugar cold turkey and went two weeks with not a gram of sugar that didn't come from a vegetable or whatever source. I didn't, maybe grains have sugar too, right? And I remember four days in having withdrawals that felt what I can only assume is like what a drug addict goes through. I remember having like physical twitching at night, unable to sleep. And I don't know if I texted you, but I remember saying, this is, this is wild. This is from sugar. This is from a over-the-counter substance that is in most of our food. And that was so hard. But the benefit is I incorporate sugar in my life now. And I don't have an addiction to it. I don't overdo it because of that hard reset. Right. And the fact that you do that in cold turkey once and your relationship to it changes. And then I'm going to say, I'm going to take the other side. I'm also a lawyer. And so I always like to see both sides of things. <laughs> say, not everyone has that, or it's not everyone's personality to go cold turkey. And I, one thing I wish I had known or that I try to tell people is this protocol works even on a longer timeline. So if you're just not able to give up caffeine or you're not able to give up sugar, what those things do is they slow healing 
but they don't prevent it. If you're introducing whole foods and you're introducing beans and soluble fiber, I truly believe you can keep healing. It just might be at a slower timeline. Yeah, and it might disagree with yeah. me there. Sorry if that's if that's. I if don't that's, dis- I'm a, but... disagree. I'm not a. I'm not a purist. In You're not. No, no okay. I'm not a purist. I started off a kind of a purist where I was like, "Whoa, this yeah. crazy diet just healed my autoimmune disorder." One that my doctors told me food didn't really matter, and here I am healed. And I would say when I first kind of came out the other side, I was pretty mind blown. I was like, "All right, mm. legit." And then kind of over the years of working with it, you know, and I do things off the original plan a lot. I have clients who are like, I want to keep my coffee and I want to heal. And I was like, great. Are you okay with a slower going healing? Yes. Okay. Then move your coffee to after breakfast. Don't have it on an empty stomach. Don't make it the first thing you do in the morning. And it also just depends on what you're healing, right? If you have somebody come to me with autoimmune disorder, severe, I'm going to be like, yeah, no, everything really has to go, right? Whether you're a person who has the willpower to give it up. To give up stuff for me was actually really hard. It was really hard to give things up that I had co-regulated with. My rituals, my routines, like these these things that I identified with, it was like, okay, Unique, you can have this thing, you can have sugar or you can have health. Sugar? You know, so absolutely. You're kind and of the opposite. We're we're opposite in that sense. Where you're like, oh, just cold turkey this, and I'm good. I'm gonna I'm gonna barrel my way through this because I've got plans and I've got things to do. Whereas I have a lot of patience and kindness because, a, I know that healing is difficult, and I know that changing our habits can be difficult. And and more than that, the great question of is this going to work is intense and immense. I only have kindness for any human who's A, struggling and B, seeking answers. That's huge. And sometimes it's it's so not linear, I think is the hardest part for right. you. Like, hey, Kevin, we're going to move pieces on the board. And the only guide, we're going to listen to your body. And your body is going to tell us what we need to know, which is how we figured it out. I admire your capacity to cold turkey because I really had to climb Mount Everest one step. I know. <laughs> Uh, I admire yours even more. I think what I'm trying to say, so you know, it's funny. I don't know if we, I'm a Pisces rising. So I have that duality where half of me wants to just float in the water. And then half of me has the Virgo values that are structured and disciplined and routine. And because of that, yeah, I would go cold turkey and then I would break and eat something that wasn't great. Right. So I can go back and forth between that. I guess what I'm trying to say, and maybe I'm saying too many things, but at once (laughs) is that I just have so much empathy for how hard it is. Right. And I think that's the beautiful thing about what you say is how much support and empathy you provide your clients is that it's, it's incredibly hard. And for me, because I was already not regularly drinking when I started it, it was so much easier. I mean, I can't even imagine it's already so hard if you're not drinking, I can't imagine also dropping that in the process. So I'm trying to say I have sympathy for people who feel like it's a big mountain to climb. And yet, hopefully I can be an expander that it's possible and and doable. Well, and so here three years later, what percent yield would you say you are? I am flying high right now. So I... I am in the 97% right now. I'll say if we have time, I can talk about, I 
after three years of not doing supplements, have added a couple that have really been nice, like fine tuning mm-hmm. the healing I had already done. But, you know, it comes in waves too. I'm sure you feel this too. And one of the fun things, I remember a year in. So, first of all, a few months in summer 2020, one of the ways that we would be social is go to the beach. You could be socially distanced. And I would carry a glass jar full of chickpeas. And that was my snack. And people, would be, they would laugh so hard that I would take chickpeas to the beach, but I loved it. It was like better than popcorn, such a fun snack. And then I remember a year in, I became known as the bean guy and, or, you know, people would laugh when I told them I, you know, was on the bean protocol. They think that that means you're only eating bees. And then you, you explain it's a whole foods diet with an emphasis on soluble fiber. But I remember someone turning to me in 2021, so a year, maybe less than and saying, well, did it work? You know? And I said, 100%, 100%. And they were dumbfounded because they, you know, you, you hear about these things of, well, you know, I tried this and there's so many fad diets of paleo, this, you know, and I think they all have some truths to it. And what's so beautiful about this one is that it's so flexible for individuals because it, it is a whole foods diet. So I know some friends who do have a more paleo oriented approach with this and thrive. I had some friends who I, you know, don't do any, my, my sister's vegan and follows a lot of the bean protocol components. And the fact that it's so flexible is how we know that it's a, it's a real, it's a real thing. It's going to last because it's not about being a didactic set of rules. It's more about what are we missing in the Western diet? And I think it's about soluble fiber. It's about fiber. Yeah. I mean, when you're in school, like when I was in school, they would teach you how much people are actually getting and how much they need of fiber. And it's like, oh, they're getting maybe five to 15%. And we need upwards of 30, 40, 50%, depending on the person, right? Each one of us will benefit from a different value. But there was something going around that I think our ancestors were getting something like 90%, you know? And if you look at processed foods, most processed foods, you've processed out the fiber and then people are into juice and you're taking out the fiber. And so most things that people have done in modern society is take out fiber. And when you do that, you're increasing heart disease, you're increasing colon cancer. Just by that simple fact, you have all these downstream effects of it. But I love the fact that, you know, you have this fiber and it's cheap and available and the health benefits of fiber are it's not us just saying there's benefit it's scientific fact and it's funny too because there'll be papers written about the importance of fermented food but when you drill down it's fermented it's cabbage what is cabbage cabbage is fiber right so fiber is kind of this base of of all these great health benefits and i think it's one of the most flexible diets because as you said your sister as a vegan can benefit from it me as an omnivore a paleo person can find their relationship with it as well but the one thing that the, all of these popular diets miss is the fact that the more broad our diet is, the mm. better our health is, period. And that's why in a way it's not even a diet. It's about broadening what we would normally would eat, right? Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's, it's funny because I've now pretty much encouraged all of my friends to be on it. So I <laughs> forgot that we're in a world. And I love when you post things like, you know, science on on fiber 
when I forget, oh, right, there's still people who don't realize that fiber is the answer. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. Well, and, there, it is interesting. There's a subcategory, and I don't, I couldn't tell you all the reasons why, where people, on, people only eat steak and salt, right? There's like a few famous people that just eat steak, steak and salt, and all of their symptoms have gone away. And you kind of drill down into that and think, what an interesting modern issue that somebody could only tolerate steak and salt, right? I follow a lot of science accounts and and it's interesting because the thing that they're most worried about is environmental toxins and the effects of environmental toxins on human health. And I look at that and it's the last thing I think about because it's something I can't control and I try not to worry about things I can't control is environmental toxins like mm -hmm. everywhere. So I'm like, wow, if you eat a high fiber diet and you're naturally supporting your liver, then the things you can't control become less ominous in a weird way. Because I'm like, hey, I'm doing everything to support my body, my family's body, my clients, my friends. And you're doing the same. You probably now have dinner parties and beans are part of the, on the table. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I did that last night and threw some beans into a stir fry. And it's so easy. Second nature now. And I think the other thing too, that is really important on a healing journey is understanding that it is fiber. It's not specific types of fiber. So in the beginning, I couldn't touch black beans for whatever reason, I would have a bad reaction to them. I've never been able to successfully incorporate silly musk. I, I will try every few months to see how it treats me, but it tends to absorb so much water and I run so dry that it's not been a tool. And that's okay because there's so many other options and for me, I respond best to white beans and lentils and I stick to that and it's easy. And I think I would encourage people to be patient and try different types. And then also as you heal, things might come in and things might go out. So I went on a big chickpea binge for six months to a year and now I don't eat them as much. You know, I think, I think it ebbs and flows and it's so cool that you have options. And the other thing I love about what we do is how easy it is to travel because I'm a big traveler. And I remember in the beginning complaining to you like, this is so harsh, you know? And then I realized it's only hard in the US because we've removed beans. And even then it's not that hard. You can always ask for a side or find them or, you know, a lot of different ethnic cuisines have beans and lentils, but it's incredible when you go to Europe and Asia and you realize that all of these cultures that aren't the standard American diet all have fiber in them. They all have it, right? You know, and I did a trip last summer where I went through central Italy and it was like sampling each community's local beans and, and it was so fun and every restaurant provided them and they were impeccably cooked. And what, why don't we have that? You know? And I mean, it's okay. We don't have it because we we're, we're building it, but I, I love that aspect of this too, where you almost feel like you get to do bean tourism rather than traveling with a restriction. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's such a positive spin on that. That's beautiful. And I also love that you are still, you're sharing your story in the healing process, even if you're riding high at 97%, which is beautiful. I understand that a lot because there's so many of my healing stories where people's bodies respond so quickly mm -hmm. and they're just so they feel so good and i have these clients who are on a slower healing path and they're like but where's my people mm -hmm. who are on this slow healing path so 
for you to share your story of this kind of ebb and flow, making milestones where you're able to add back in fats and things like that. But a gallbladder, just to kind of say this out loud, is a gallbladder can take years to heal because a lot of times if you're just dealing with sludge, you can move that out pretty quickly, not bad. But if you have stones in there, especially they're like little rubber balls of triglycerides that are just stuck in there. So you're looking at dissolving something over a long period of time and it takes a lot of patience and stuff that we don't have naturally. Yeah. And the, the ebb and flow is such an important part of it. I had a really difficult winter, especially February. I got sick a few times and I'm not used to getting sick much anymore. And I thought, am I regressing? Am I going back? So I'm glad we're talking now because I feel like I've moved past that. It could have been a reaction to something. Maybe I was getting lazy with the beans. You know, now, if, if I'm honest, I eat beans usually only about once a day. You know, sometimes it'll be three times, but compared to when you were having me eat them every 20 minutes, it's, it's very different. But it's so important to realize that we have the tools to bounce out of those troughs and to not get discouraged and to not feel like you've regressed because the overall arc is one of growth, right? Right. Wait, yeah. I have a question for you. Before the bean protocol, yeah. were you somebody who got sick very often or not really? I, I mean, I still identify with that person. And that's why I think sometimes getting the colds, it can be a mental thing almost. But before it, I would get sick every two weeks. It was like one week. Yeah, yeah. One week on, one week off, one week on, one week off. And I think it was just because my body was in a state of constant, almost like histamine reaction. You know, it was almost like allergies, but they were full-blown colds. And, and I, I had no immune response or appropriate one. I would go to acupuncture a lot. And from a Chinese medicine perspective, it was all about the spleen being really weakened, which is tied to the gallbladder, which is tied to the digestive system and can also be weakened by lack of sleep and stress and whatnot. So th this February was an exception to the rule because I would say what I woke up and realized sometime in 2022 was I no longer had a fear of getting sick. I could have a bad night of sleep and it wouldn't result in an instant cold. I could eat badly for a couple of days and not get sick. I could have sugar and not get sick right there. It, my body was resilient and it, it took me a few times of going off track to realize how resilient I was. And I'm not encouraging people to go off track, but we do, right? I mean, like, I think, you know, to, to say that we don't have vices would to be say we're not human, you know, and, or, to, or, or to say that we're not attracted to them. And I think I really respond and identify with what you say that the bean protocol ends up not being something where you're tempted because you just enjoy eating so much, but every now and then you go out to dinner and the options aren't great and you forgot to eat your beans before. Right. Or every now and then you don't sleep for whatever reason or jet lag hits you. And to have that resilience, I didn't have that before. For how many years were you getting sick every other week? That sounds three to five years. Course. Three to five years. This is my shocked face. That's crazy. <laughs> I know it's funny because I just dealt with it, you know, because again, it wasn't that crisis of like, you know, I'm, I'm bleeding to death. It was a, a crippling, but low grade. It was like death by a thousand ants or whatever. Yeah, but that... didn't, didn't you go, why is my immune system not 100%. working? Why, oh. what is like that to me being sick every other week? Because I do remember when we were working together, every time you traveled, you would get sick. Yeah. Because you stopped getting sick all the time. 
in the period. But then if you traveled, especially mm. I feel like it was Hawaii, I don't know why, but you would travel and be like, I'm sick again. <laughs> there was one trip there and it was really interesting because I grew up eating with a lot of Ayurvedic principles. And so it, a lot of their principles are eat warming foods, cooked foods. And then I would go to Hawaii and eat raw fish and acai bowls and get instantly sick. And I remember one specific trip and now I can go and do that and it's fine. Right. And so you, yeah, uh, you've earned your resilience. You've built yeah. resilience with hard work and dedication. And, you know, I think that's worth mentioning. It is. And, you know, for years I couldn't eat fish because I would have a really difficult reaction. I would almost get queasy and not digest or feel sick. What we realized together was that was part of my inability to digest fat mm-hmm. because fish are so abundant in fatty acids that we need, but I wasn't able to digest them. And for a time I would take an enzyme and if I, you know, to help digest it, I responded really well to high lipase, but now I can digest fat without that. I mean, that's huge to be able to go back to your body's natural digestive rhythm. Unbelievable. How many times a year are you sick now from going from every other week to three years on the protocol? Probably twice a year. Yeah. Which is like a normal amount. (laughs) Yeah. And, it, and, and, you know, February was strange because it was like longer lasting than normal. Again, I felt like I bounced back out of it. And I said, okay, remember the principles. Are you eating as healthy as you can? Have you removed stress? My sleep was not, it, I was not sleeping well. And having the tools to bounce back, I think is also relieves the stress that makes you sick in the first place. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that wondering, am I going to be okay? Is this, am I going to, you know, fall back into old patterns? But also what I'd like to say is the way I view the protocol after 10 years of being on it is it is the foundation for my health. Mm-hmm. That is, exactly. so, you know, people are like, oh, you eat blueberries. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not. The one thing that resetting my asshole taste buds did for me is that I don't crave sugar. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, I have to say, I know in the food department, food has become very much I enjoy it. I enjoy it with, I probably enjoy when I go out, I probably enjoy my friend's company more than I'm like, ooh, the food. Where old me was like, ooh, the food. And now new me is like, ooh, the people. Mm-hmm. Ooh, the people, you know, the people and the connection and the, and, and so food has become a vehicle to feel great and to show up as my best self. And the bean protocol serves as this very, elegant solution for me. I get to naturally detox. I get to get enough protein because I, one of the things that is not a rich OG protocol is working out. I love working out. I love moving my body. I am interested in building muscles. So for me, I'm like, okay, platform of my life is the bean protocol. How much beans I eat or protein I eat ebbs and flows based on my exertion or stress levels. But I see it as this, as this breathable thing that I work with and that works with me. And, and it's a dance, but the platform, the baseline never changes, which is I am supporting this incredible human body. And there's nothing more important than that. So what I tell my clients, I'm like, whether you're 80, 90 or 90, 10, if the platform, if the foundation of your house, your health is strong, then you get this gift of, of resilience and flexibility. And that is a gift that you earn by treating your body right. I love that. I think that's also why I'm glad that I started off so strict because then you have a clean slate to evaluate where you can play with things and where you can't, where you can re-add 
exercise and where you can't, where you can add sugar. You know, I mean, with the sugar reset, it's the same thing for me. I don't, I don't crave it. And any artificial sugar for me is, it, it doesn't even taste good. It, it, it's like, what is this bizarre substance, you know? And in the rare occasions that I have fruit, it's this unbelievable full body. I'm like, wow, look at this drug. It's so cool. You know, like thinking about how ancient humans probably found a blueberry bush and passed out in a coma. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I do now. I have like some blueberries every day after a meal to keep sure my blood sugar is balanced. And I'm like, oh, oh, that's good. Oh yeah. That's that's some good shit right there. (laughs) It's it's, it's, it's our drug. And I think community is so important. I love what you said about going out. It's about being with your friends. I think, you know, in the past few years, my community has naturally changed a lot, I'm sure from the pandemic in part, but it's also a really intentional shift from people who are aligned with this and are open to it and people who aren't. It's just easier to relate to. And I think a lot of times when I think back to a prior version of myself or when I talk to someone who is thinking about starting this, but is not at all eating from a being protocol perspective. They think it's such a crazy jump. And with community and with like-minded people, you realize it's not, it's not, it's really actually a lot easier than being sick all the time. Yeah. And I find it a really fascinating human that would judge another person for taking care of themselves. Like that's more of a a judgment of character for me. Mm -hmm. It's like, if if we can't all sit at the same table and nourish our bodies, whatever that means for us, like, what is this? Like, what, why, why, why? Yeah. Like, if you want to hang out at the end of my table and just eat a steak with salt, you're welcome to my table. <laughs> I will eat the bean. Mm-hmm. It's to me, it's like, how do we, how do we create a community of support versus judgment. I have uh, many, many clients who they're like, I I can't do this because my partner wants me to eat pizza and stuff with them and feels like it's not fun what I'm doing. And to me, my heart, my my heart just breaks for them because I'm like loving another at its most beautiful state is unconditional Mm -hmm. to the point of like how you nourish yourself. I want you to nourish yourself in this way because I love you and I want you to feel good, right? Like, how do we get there? How do we get to that place of our nourishment being accepted by those who love us or say that they love us versus if you don't eat like me, then we're not having fun together. Because (laughs) When you say it that way, it's silly, you know, but the emotions are real. What I think is really cool about this eating lifestyle or whatever you want to call it is that it naturally pushes you in that direction, right? So- because, and that's why I said that part earlier of, okay, fine, you're not going to cut things out, just add beans, because I know over time you'll cut things out because you'll notice how much better you feel, right? And you'll naturally start shifting to different people and you'll naturally be empowered in your boundaries and in your confidence to say, you know, and and I think that's why people laugh when I say with such certainty, like, yeah, of course this healed me. This is the best thing I ever did. You know, and they laugh. They, 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 and I'm, I'm like, I'm dead serious. <laughs> You're like, I'm laughing. But I'm, I'm laughing, but I'm not, I'm not joking. Yeah. <laughs> and it's fun to have that certainty because in the world, there's not a lot of certainty. And I, there's certainty while still being 
individualism within it, right? There isn't one map for everyone, right? And yeah, I do have, I actually have a group of friends in Hawaii who eat steak and fruit and that's all they eat, right? And it works for them and they enjoy it. I don't understand it because it wouldn't work for me, but I appreciate that they're on their own healing journey and that they are, you know, confident. But nothing gave me more confidence than this, you know, because it just instantly solved the problem. Not instantly, but it it solved the problems that nothing else was able to solve. Yeah. And you'd been at it for a long time. So it wasn't like you hadn't tried the gamut. Like, I had like- tried every, if I can be an expander there too, I had tried weekly acupuncture sessions. I had tried giving up gluten, coffee, alcohol, sugar. You know, I, I, I had done elimination diets. I had done Ayurvedic. I had done paleo. I had done... You know, and then I remember getting so sick with paleo and people saying, you have the paleo flu, just push through. And I pushed through for a month and still felt sick. And, you know, the thing I like about the Bean Protocol is I never felt worse at any step in the process, except for when we oil realized that that was the issue. But it was a quick pivot from there, right? And I don't know if there's many other protocols or eating and nutrition suggestions that are always nurturing, right? At every step in the process. I think I tried Whole30, right? And that was really difficult and not pleasant. And I never got to that place where I felt great on it. And I'm all for people who do, but I think that this is really flexible for individuals. Yeah, this I, I that's what I spend my time doing is personalizing the course, the plan forward, pivoting with them. I one of the things I love to do is listen to the body. Mm-hmm. And to me, uh, and also the person in the body, we don't know this, but most of us have have picked up a lot of awareness about our body along the way, a lot of truth, a lot of wisdom, and I don't think it's tapped in enough. So a lot of times for me, it's like, yeah, this is where we're going to start and I want you to give me feedback. And based on your feedback and awareness of your body, we're going to make tweaks together because it isn't a one-size-fits-all. I have clients that I put on supplements, and even though that's not OG protocol, sometimes that's the best possible thing to help. I think one of the ones that you're on is magnesium. That can make the difference between someone feeling good or not feeling good. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 to me, the protocol is just the beginning. The personalization is, is where it begins to thrive. It is, and can I tell you, so... I think I've told you, you know, you're, you're very famous in my friend group. You're on a fruit stand base. True, you are with everyone. And I've sent many of my friends to you. And, but the individualism is what's so powerful about your practice. And one of our jokes in our friend groups, I have a really good friend named Matt who saw you and he instantly felt better, like within a couple of weeks. And he said, wait, why is this not difficult for me? And you said, well, Kevin is a lot more unwell than you. Okay, <laughs> we should celebrate this. And now we joke where, you know, it's like, I'm the unwell one, but now I'm not, you know, and it's so fun. All of that, you know, we're, we were all close friends. So we can make that joke. And what, what that joke highlights is that the individualism is, I think, the strength of this, of this program. And thank you for doing that because I don't know, you're my hero. You're my, many of my friends hero. You're doing God's work. And I think, you know, I just hope more people find you. I'm sure, sure they do. You need to create a whole system of unique body doubles, right? To deal with the demand. But it's also cool. Isn't it cool to watch the mainstream catch up to this, you know? And I'm sure Karen feels the same of 
hopefully some joy in watching the mainstream nutrition community and science saying, hey, guess what? Fiber is really important. <laughs> oh, yeah. And just things that I have been saying for years, I'll see these prominent doctors say, you know, for years, I'd be like, oh, love the foods you love that love you back. And then you see Dr. Will Cole suddenly posting that kind of stuff. Or then you see Sarah Gottfried, I, I've been saying eat for calm and she's posting eat for calm. And I'm like, oh, that was me like 2020. But, you know, so it's <laughs> these these truths cultivating calm to me is one of the beautiful because I'm always going to be a crazy squirrel. I know that, you know, I'm, I'm curious. I'm lit up by life. I love learning. If ever a better protocol comes along, I'll be the first one to raise my hand and go, hey, I made some tweaks, right? Or some additions. I just haven't found anything to beat it out. But I'm always looking because to me, I'm not in service of the protocol. I'm in service of human health. And I'm very aware that I will not die on the bean protocol stake if it is indeed not the best one forward. And it's not going to be the best one forward for everyone, maybe in a moment, maybe as they build capacity and resilience in their body, they can add in beans. But I haven't found anything more balanced or better yet for myself and, and for the majority of my clients. So yeah, like I said, I know where my where my loyalty lies is not in a protocol, but in what's best for you and for anybody who comes to me. So I don't cast a wide net because I'm very much in the spiritual path of those who find me are ready to. And mm -hmm. Hopefully they're ready to be confronted by belief systems, not just societal, but their own and, and your capacity to heal. I, I do have a question for you. Do you feel like your relationship to your body has changed since going through? That's a cool question. Yeah, I think that it it changed. And it's, I do think it's a long process, but it's a, it changed from one of antagonism, of, of asking, why are you constantly sick? Why are you not working for me? To much more embodied. I feel so much more pre present. I mean, that, that's why this is, a spiritual practice, right? Is mm -hmm. you become more embodied and comfortable in your body because it's not painful to be in it as much, you know? And for that, I'm grateful. I, I think, you know, what's interesting about, I can't believe it's been three years. Where has the time gone? <laughs> but three years in, I think one of the most amazing things about you, I really want to give you credit here, is your enthusiasm and understanding of how important this change is and how difficult it is because one of the things I'm noticing myself slowly separate from is it's so obvious and it's so secondhand that when people are like, I'm in pain, I'm like, well, why aren't you on the bean protocol yet? Like what? <laughs> you know, and I need to work on my own patience and my understanding. And I'm sitting here remembering where I used to be because we're going through my prior journey. And I don't know, you're so amazing, unique. Thank you. I feel the same way about you. Kevin, which is why every time I check in with you and at times it would be I'm 70%, other times 80%. Uh, I've loved watching your journey and being a part of your journey and I'm honored and thank you for allowing me to participate in your journey of self-healing because in the end I'm providing support and, and tools, but you're doing the heavy lifting and, and you're the one who has to be at the dark night of the soul where... <laughs> You know, you have to face down your belief system and your ability and capacity yeah. and and also to show up in social spaces. I think that's where myself would crumble for the longest time is 
if I was in a social place, I'd be like, oh yeah, this is stupid. What am I doing? Like I would second guess everything and to, to gain that self-love and that self-respect and that confidence to just move through the world. It's a transformation and it's an incredible one. So thank you for sharing well, your story too. You were there for the dark night of the soul. I remember some very early and late night texts that you were there for. So thank you very much. <laughs> of course. My pleasure. I do have a question. So you've obviously at this point personalized your bean protocol. What does your bean protocol look like and what supplements are you taking? Yeah. So I, you know, we texted about this. One of the things that I introduced that's off protocol is green juice. And I really enjoy that in the morning. It's not with sugars, you know, so it's not like I, the adrenaline rush. I find it really cleansing. I find it really a great way to start. Sometimes I'll do hot water and lemon if it's not green juice. And then once I've had that moment of peace or calm in the morning, then it's into breakfast. And uh, I'm a big fan of oatmeal. And I feel like that is a way to get in soluble fiber. I know that it's like five bowls of oatmeal before you can get to half a cup of beans, but it it's a participation in that if I don't feel like eating eggs and bref- breakfast greens, which I will do often as well, thanks to you. Before the bean protocol, I was, I, I don't know how crazy this will sound to some people, but I was not able to eat raw vegetables at all. I would get a histamine reaction to anything from a salad to a raw carrot. So one of the great things now is I'll, I'll have a salad for lunch with beans and protein and it, there's joy in eating a salad because I didn't used to be able to, you know? And then dinner is really fun because it's everything from stir fry with beans and protein to curries. I, I think I don't go overboard on coconut, but that is another thing that I include that's strictly off protocol. I will do gluten-free pastas mixed with vegetables and proteins. I really love that. And I just find dinner so easy, you know, protein with vegetables. I mean, there's just so much you can do with vegetables. And I I think getting a great, great cookbook that emphasizes fun things you can do with, with vegetables really helps make food really interesting. Because I always find beans interesting and you can add them to anything. I find that they create an umami. I make soup a lot. One of the things I'll do for prep is make a big soup on Sundays and freeze the portions I don't eat. And beans literally add an umami, right? They add this flavor, texture that you can't get through other sources. It was really inspired this summer by the Italian way of cooking beans. And so I'll put olive oil on it and fresh rosemary or thyme or other herbs. And it's like this meal alone, you know, I really believe in soaking grains and and beans because that doesn't take any work and it makes it so much faster to cook and you get the full flavor. I also always have cans and boxes of beans because I don't have a problem with that on hand. <laughs> you know, it, it's it's uh, it's wild to watch how much more expensive cans of beans have gotten. I mean, just in three years, they've doubled in prices, but it's worth it to always have it on hand and have it noticed in a, a problematic impact from eating them through cans instead of freshly prepared. But when they are freshly prepared, just in the past year, I learned, <laughs> this is silly, but dried beans are actually already one step away. And I started discovering fresh beans that you can buy at farmer's market. And that's a whole game changer. So I feel completely unrestricted in what I eat and that the world is my oyster. What I try to do though, is have a few things that I love and crave. Like I crave curries, I crave stir fry and salads and have those in my arsenal so that I don't even have to think about it. 
And then when you do have people over, I try to cook dinners a lot, friends, so that I can be in control. Not just the control, but it also makes <laughs> I you know where your oils are coming from. And I, I think the extent to which I eat out has greatly diminished. And one of the big reasons is I just don't know what they're putting in it. So I can make healthy choices, but you never really know, you know, what is in it. And you can ask, but then you feel like you're asking a lot of questions. I don't really like to do that. So I just love, I'm like, hey, why don't we have a dinner party at my house? You know? I love that. Are there books that you recommend that you've learned a lot from? from Cookbooks? Mm-hmm. Cookbooks. Well, the Huberman podcast, I've learned a lot. So love I think him. Love him. You know, yeah. from, from health, he has a lot of great protocols. The Oto Lange series, you know, our classics. I love the Jelena cookbook, Venice Beach, shout out. Great, great vegetable things that you can play around with. And Justa stopped serving. Do you know this? The chickpea? The chickpea stew. Yeah. At some point in 2021 or 2022, it was probably the biggest news to hit Venice Beach since, you know, what Walk was closed in the pandemic. Very upset about that, but you can still get the recipe in their cookbook. I know that you modified it. That is the best thing. I used to cook that every week for months, adding ground turkey in it. I mean, it's just, I think what's so cool about once you go through the initial cleanse part of it, I don't know what you want to call that initial, whether it's a white diet or... Not everybody goes through it. Not even everyone goes through it, right? Is... The world is your oyster that, you know, you can pick any ethnic cuisine, any cultural, regional cuisine and adapt it because there isn't, you're not restricted from anything except no sugar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what, yeah. What else are you not restricted from? You know, I don't, I still don't eat gluten. And one of my goals is to over time be able to reintroduce it. And I try every six months and sort of notice where my body's at with it, but I don't miss it. So I don't really try to reintroduce it. Have you thought about, I make a sprouted sourdough, like an organic sprouted I need to do that. sourdough? Have you ever thought? I mean, idea. I got starter if you ever need a little starter. Okay. Can I come over? <laughs> you can come get some starter from me. But I have found, because I'm just not a big bread person. I know a lot of my clients are and they're sad that they can't eat it. But I don't have a, and, and in fact, my favorite part of is making the bread. So if you ever want a loaf, let me know. You can swing by and grab one of my sprouted loaves and try it. But I do sprouted wheat sourdough and then I ferment it for 48 hours. So it's gone through a lot of the gluten is being broken down. So if you ever want to try it, let me know. I bake I love bread. That. I bake bread for my friends. But my favorite part is making it. I, I if somebody would have said I would have been a baker and making bread because it was <laughs> enjoyable, I would have been like, whatever, that's stupid. But I, I'll literally have a couple pieces and be like, eh, cool. But I love making it. So Yeah, it is it's it's really great to see what you can do with what we used to think that we were allergic to. And I, I, I should try that now. You know, the thing is, I just don't miss it. And Mm -hmm. I have used the gluten removal from my life to try out new grains. And I make buckwheat breads and pancakes. I make of quinoa. I love brown rice. I really love when I travel trying local grains and, and of course the local legumes as well. You introduced me to that bean book. What is it? Was it what's the beans or easy beans? Yeah. And then another book I love. 
is fat acid. What, I always yeah, miss. I love that one. Yeah, it's so one. good because it teaches you to cook, mm-hmm. right? And you realize, okay, sure, maybe you're not going to add pig lard into your meat or into your food, but the idea that like you would need an acid, right? So when I'm making a soup and it doesn't quite taste right, I squeeze a lemon in and it's fantastic. You know, I think that's one of the best books for learning to cook. Have you checked out the flavor equation? I bought that because of you too. That was really, really helpful. And it's been, you know, I I cook, I'd say I cook for friends once a week and I never really cooked before the pandemic or if I did, it was pretty like bland, minimalist food for myself. And a friend the other day said, you're such a great cook. And I said, I said, what? I said, I'm like, I'm like sauteing vegetables. Like, how am I a good cook? And I realized maybe I've gained some skills in the process. Well, also, I think when there's a reverence for how you feel and for the food that gives you that, there's almost like, I'm not a great cook, but I love everything I make. And even when I mess something up, I still am like, oh, I'm eating this. It's made with all good stuff. <laughs> you just have a different relationship with food, I feel like, when you when you know how important it is for your body. So, but nice work. I mean, this is just making me wish everyone could get on it because it's, you know, I think another thing is that people often tell me like, oh, you're such a black and white personality. You have such a you know, all in or all out. And I can't do that. Or maybe you need to be more, you know, comfortable in the gray area. And I actually think the bean protocol is in that gray area. I I know that sounds strange, but it's not meat and fruit, which God bless my friends who do that. It's not, I don't mean to sound patronizing if they hear that, you know, it's not, it's, it's just, it's choose your own adventure, realize the benefit of fiber, and the unnecessary consequences of a very few toxins, right? I mean, we're talking additive sugar, caffeine. What else are we really talking about? Maybe Caffeine is high in histamine. So a lot of people who have histamine issues are not even aware that it's such a high, it can be very high histamine. So, and there are some people who metabolize and use coffee very well. and, And that's wonderful. I think what's beautiful about this incredible place we live, planet Earth, is that it is populated by all kinds of people. And so I was actually thinking this earlier. I love that there are so many protocols out there and so many ways of living and nourishing ourselves because I don't think that there's a wrong way at it. To me, the baseline is, are you resilient? Are you thriving? Do you feel good? Whatever gets you there, do that. But if you're sacrificing your health for an ideology, consider applying some curiosity there as to why. But then also, to me, the only thing I do not like about the health space is the demonizing of of great foods. Mm -hmm. And I post this occasionally, which is don't fear a whole food, fear a person willing to demonize it. Mm -hmm. Because that says more about that person than it does the whole food. I love that. I mean, look at your sauerkraut journey that you've been on, you know, and and I need to try to get into that because I didn't used to be able to, you know, people used to demonize nightshades and I'm fine with them. You know, people, it, I love that. I think that part of questioning, there were moments, I'll be honest, on this journey where I did question the bean protocol because I didn't feel like I was making progress or I took a step back, right? Because healing is not linear. And there was one point where I realized I no longer needed to eat. I was literally eating beans 12 times a day. And I realized I, I didn't need that anymore. And it was filling me up and taking space from vegetables. And I had to change my mind because I had 
We Both. talked. Yeah, we talked about it. And I'm like, why are you still eating beans? Do, do, yeah. And you're like, still converted to the church of beans. And I think that's my personality of I'm all in, right? I'll take that. I'll take those chickpeas to the beach. And then I realized, oh, wait a second. Am I taking this wonderful food and accidentally crowding out whole vegetables and protein? And, and that pivot was huge. That was. And you were open to it. I remember having this very honest conversation because I was like, wait, why are you still eating this many beans? I love that you remember that. I do remember that because it was so such cool. perfect. Most people can't wait to ditch them and to drop them down. And you were just like steamboating ahead. I was like, whoa, okay, wait, you need actually other nutrients too, buddy. Like, but, you know, also I think when you, once you realize that the gallbladder, once we figure that out and, and the antidote being, okay, I need to clear bile and bring new bile into the gallbladder and the liver and kind of give these systems a break. It was such an easy thing for you to step into of like, oh, then I just do this all the time. But you only need to do it for as long as you need to do it. Like the fact that your gallbladder doesn't give you problems, those are that big sign of like, okay, now it's time to shift gears. I, I believe the whole healing journey is like that is, is knowing when to shift gears. And it sounds like you now have a very healthy approach to making sure you get fiber, but also you have all this flexibility. And I also remember how important raw food was for you. And I was like, it'll come. Don't worry. It'll come. Like it raw food will happen. I just had a delicious salad before talking today. Yeah. And I think, I think one of, you know, one of the reasons I loved eating beans 12 times a day is I have always been a big fan of snacking because I don't like having low blood sugar. So I said, well, this is great. This is a healthy snack, but anything in excess can be excessive, right? You well, know? because it crowds out other foods. Yeah. Wait, so how's your blood sugar? Do you feel like it's more balanced now? Oh, completely. Yeah. 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 I I never I never feel like it's out of balance. I even did in it's really funny, in over it was like around New Year's, I did the hike on the Nepali coast in Kauai, which we did I think we did about 18 miles in one day. And I had just landed the night before, woke up, my friend said, Surprise, we have a reservation. We gotta go at 7 a.m. I didn't get food. I didn't have my morning two-hour ritual. I was on the road with nothing but water. And I was so hungry. And I thought at the end, my friend joked, she said, you're an adult, you need a safety snack. But I thought about the fact that even though I was really hungry, the fact that I did that, like that's resilience. Hiking 18 miles, I mean, maybe it was less than, maybe it was 15, but it felt like a lot. And it felt like 25. <laughs> and to do that with no food, I would never have been able to do that before, right? And I'm not recommending people do that. It was a good lesson to have a safety snack, but but yeah, the resilience I think is the coolest part of my of my journey. Yeah, I would never go that long without eating. I know it's really popular, but I I don't think I would like the person that I would become. I don't want to meet her. Yeah, I tried that. I tried inter- I mean, like I said, I, I name a a protocol and I've tried it. I've tried intermittent fasting, and I think you get. Here's my, oh, actually, this is an interesting thing. My theory, in case this is expansive for some people, is that you feel great because if your body is not digesting things easily and cleanly, you feel great because you're going a few hours without eating. But then for me, I would either, you know, have too much adrenaline or cortisol from not eating. And then I would crash and feel sick when I finally ate or feel like some digestive pain. And I know it works for a lot of people, but I prefer the more consistent blood sugar level. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I see the value of it for women. 
maybe not in their fertile years as much, but but that's that's another story. Well, Kevin, thank you. Thank you for being you, for sharing. I know you're going to be so, this, your story is going to be so expanding for so many people who feel like they're on a slow track to nowhere and that it does, nourishing your body will always, I feel, and where you reach me. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Unique. You're our hero. I hope you know that. Oh, I'm your bean hero. Yes. But I didn't know I wanted to be a bean celebrity, but here I am. Here you are. Well, thank you. It's so fun to catch up and talk. No two healing stories are alike. We are individuals, first and foremost, on an individual path. One of the things I see in my clients is a comparison of, oh, they're doing better at this point, and shouldn't I be doing better? And the bottom line is, it is an unknown journey that each one of us must take. And I wish it were different. I have many people who do follow a single linear path, but mostly I see very individual healing journeys. I also wanted to share that I am currently working on a group theme protocol course that will run for three months. If this is interesting to you, please sign up for my newsletter as those on my newsletter will get the opportunity to sign up first. I already have a wait list from the emails that have gone out to my newsletter community. So if you are interested, like I said, go ahead and sign up and hopefully I will see you in the three-month course. Have a wonderful evening, morning, or afternoon, wherever you are in this beautiful world.